This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. A leaked memo revealed China's National Health Commission to have estimated that nearly 250 million citizens were infected with COVID-19 during the first 20 days of December, far more than in any official report. The leading health authority then declared that it would cease publishing any COVID-related figures, leaving that to a lesser-ranking body which acknowledged no COVID deaths in the six days through Sunday, despite reports of overwhelmed morgues. Provincial health authorities predicted the current wave would last about three months, peaking in January. Taiwan's defence ministry said China sent 71 warplanes and seven naval vessels on strike drills, rehearsals for conflict, into its air defence zone within 24 hours. China had condemned an American spending bill that included military assistance for Taiwan, accusing both countries of escalating their collusion and provocation. Tensions have been especially high since Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, visited the island in August. A Ukrainian drone attacked an airbase deep within Russia, reportedly killing three people. Although the drone was shot down, its debris proved fatal. The Engels base lies 500 kilometers from the Russia-Ukraine border and is used to launch missiles. Kremlin forces, meanwhile, fired up to 40 rockets at Ukrainian cities on Christmas Day, despite Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, saying he was ready to negotiate peace. Toyota produced 833,104 vehicles in November, a record for the month, with global production at the Japanese carmaker 1.5% higher than in November last year. Although the supply chain crunch of car parts caused by the pandemic has eased somewhat, the rising cost of materials, COVID in China and a shortage of semiconductors is still restraining production. South Korea scrambled warplanes and fired warning shots after unmanned drones flown from North Korea violated its airspace. South Korea spotted the aerial vehicle crossing the military demarcation line separating the two countries on Monday morning. The last time a North Korean drone was discovered in the South was in 2017, but 2022 has been a record year for missile testing by the North. Electricity returned to most of the American homes plunged into blackouts by winter storms over the weekend. At its worst, 1.8 million households were without power. The harshest toll was counted in upstate New York, where at least 13 people were killed by extreme cold and related disruptions around Buffalo. Dozens are believed to have died around the country. Iran's Revolutionary Guards arrested seven people linked to anti-government protests, including some British dual nationals who were trying to leave the country. Meanwhile, the country's Supreme Court commuted the death sentence of Salman Saidi Yassin, a rapper who had been convicted in a sham trial of attempting to kill security forces. Two protesters have been executed this month. And fact of the day. 78% the share of French people who support the legalization of assisted dying.
And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 2023 in preview. How might the war in Ukraine play out? This week, we are looking ahead to next year's big stories. Today, what will be shaping Europe? As 2022 draws to a close, Ukraine is still an independent state, something few may have predicted when Russia invaded it in February. Three broad scenarios now seem plausible for next year. The first, and worst, assumes that Russia stabilizes the front lines and rebuilds its battalions. Supplies and arms from America and Europe could dwindle. Western countries might then lobby Ukraine to accept a ceasefire. The second, and far more likely, is a stalemate. Russia might mobilize enough young men to fill trenches and man fortifications without training them to be the effective fighters needed for victory. Unwilling to concede, President Vladimir Putin might simply try to exhaust Ukraine and its allies. The third is the most encouraging, and possibly the most dangerous. Ukraine, maintaining its current momentum, could bring its forces to the cusp of Crimea. Mr. Putin might then issue an ultimatum, stop or risk the use of nuclear weapons. The world will hold its breath. 2023 in preview. Inflation will be tough for Europe. In 2023, the full economic impact of price rises and the energy crunch largely responsible for them will be felt across Europe. A recession is coming, followed by a painfully slow recovery. Though Europe added to its capacity to import liquefied natural gas after Russia slashed sales, global LNG supplies will not increase by much in 2023. That means energy will remain expensive, and it will keep prices high across the rest of the economy. Hard-hit consumers and businesses will start to hold back, curbing both spending and investment. Europe's shortage of workers will get worse, which will hurt firms but keep unemployment low. But unlike in previous slumps, the global economy will not come to Europe's rescue. It is currently suffering much the same malaise. Only once energy prices have fallen and inflation in America has been contained will global growth be able to support Europe's recovery. That will come, but not in 2023. 2023 in preview. Britons expect more civil disorder. Barring sectarian scuffles in Northern Ireland, Britain has experienced relatively little civil disorder in the past 10 years. That peaceful run will probably end in 2023, though not necessarily for the most obvious reason. The soaring cost of energy and food seems dangerous, but bad behavior does not always follow bad economic times. People are more likely to riot because they feel the authorities are behaving intolerably and because they think they can get away with it. Both conditions now apply in Blighty. In London, the epicenter of most British disorder, attitudes to the police have deteriorated in recent years. In March 2022, 57% of Londoners described the force as reliable, compared with 77% in 2014. A string of crimes, including the murder of Sarah Everard by a police officer in 2021, surely contributed, as did a sharp increase in the number of people stopped and searched. And as memories fade of riots in decades past, so too may fears of the baleful consequences of fresh disorder. 2023 in Preview 
Can Europe's anti-Putin alliance hold? The remarkable unity shown by European governments in 2022 in response to President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine will probably be tested in 2023. The longer the war continues, the more likely it is that some in Europe will call for a negotiated peace. Some may yearn for a resumption of Russian gas exports. Others might fear that Europe will have to shoulder more of the burden if America's support for Ukraine declines after its presidential election in 2024. Although these voices are not expected to prevail, they will cause discord and tension. Italy's economic woes could lead to a weakening of the support for Ukraine that Georgia Maloney, the new prime minister, currently espouses. And as more countries slip into recession, the leaders of the poorest may become more amenable to the idea of negotiation and increasingly bitter towards their wealthier neighbors, which can more easily weather the storm. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday. Monday. Which of the 50 U.S. states is sometimes known as the Copper State? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Harry Truman, who died on this day in 1972. There are dangers in religious freedom and freedom of opinion, but to deny these rights is worse than dangerous. That's The World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.